0: Dear Cheap Astronomy, why do some meteorites survive impacts and others don't? This episode actually continues the question of whether Cheap Astronomy's crash on the moon proposal is really going to work with respect to whether you can salvage economically viable components after deliberately crashing an asteroid onto the moon. Most descriptions of high-speed meteor impacts generally have the meteor being vaporized on impact while the impacted surface is rapidly compressed and then rebounds with explosive force. That explosion evacuating material which is thrown far and wide, leaving a hollowed out crater behind. The energy of the impact is essentially kinetic energy calculated as half the mass of the meteor times its velocity squared, with most of that energy being converted to heat on impact. So, a chunk of ice would certainly be vaporised, while other materials might melt or explode due to rapid expansion of internal gases. In any case, the composite material of that meteor would become finely fragmented and be spread widely within the blown out ejector from the impact. So, one possibility is that if you crashed several hundred 20-metre diameter asteroids in more or less the same spot, you could create a whole field of highly enriched regolith. But the economic worth of processing that regolith is unclear. Asteroids are likely to be somewhat random collections of materials to start with, So spreading out the fragmented remains of hundreds of different 20 meter diameter asteroids may just leave you with a chaotic mess of fine particles that you really can't do much with. But perhaps that's not the end of the story. We do have plenty of examples on Earth of quite big chunks of asteroids that have made it all the way to the ground intact. The largest being the Hoba meteorite which is a flat, squarish object about three metres across. The Hober meteorite pretty much just plonked onto the ground without forming a crater at all. It's thought that the Earth's atmosphere may aerobreak such moderately sized objects. Once you get to a 20 metre chelyabinsk sized object, it generally fragments above ground The largest recovered chunk of the Chelyabinsk meteor was just one meter in diameter. But from there, larger more massive objects hold together and hence do hit the surface with self-destructive force. For example, the Barringer meteor crater in Arizona is thought to have been caused by a 50 meter object. There are fragments of iron both in and around the crater suggesting it was an iron-rich asteroid that disintegrated on impact. On the Moon, there's no atmosphere to slow anything down, but there's also less gravity to speed things up before they impact the surface. It's thought that the majority of asteroids that impact the Moon do so at a velocity of 9 to 10 kilometres a second, which is an object-disintegrating impact crater-causing velocity. But that velocity is a combination of the object's pre-existing speed plus the moon's gravitational acceleration. If you can take an object's pre-existing speed out of the equation, then that object would hit the surface with a velocity of 2.4 kilometers a second, which is the lunar escape velocity for an object shot upwards from the surface. 2.4 kilometers a second is still pretty fast, So, a silicon-based rock probably would disintegrate, but a chunk of solid iron might just melt or break up into smaller chunks that would still be recoverable. There are no natural impacts we know about where this has ever occurred, since taking an object's pre-existing speed out of the equation really requires technological intervention. With our crash on the moon proposal, we'd be using rocket engines to steer an object onto a collision path and also slow it down enough so its velocity at impact is sufficient to break it apart but not to the extent of disintegrating into a fine dust that's then blown outwards as crater ejector. A CSOTM proof of concept test would aim to fly in a few different objects across a range of sizes and masses. Straight off, we might find that anything of a safe size and mass is a pile of loosely aggregated rubbish that will just fall to bits if you attach a rocket engine to it, in which case we just give up then and there. And otherwise, we might find that the amount of propellant fuel required to steer and slow rocks sufficiently just isn't worth the money, even if those rocks were pure chunks of diamond and platinum. However... Such a cost analysis would need to be made in comparison with a viable alternative, such as flying huge processing ships around to chop bits off passing rocks and then refine them under zero-g conditions. Here at Cheap Astronomy, no one thinks that crashing shit on the Moon will be cheap. We just think it might be cheaper.